Welcome back, guys. This is Kimberly Graham, your co-host of the Affluent Marriage Podcast, and we're so excited to have you here for the continuation of our previous episode. Before we get started, I want to make sure that you guys know that you can follow us and converse with us at the Affluent Marriage Pod on Instagram. That's where you can find us to connect with us, like our content, share our content, any of those types of things, but we also want to hear your stories there as well. So excited for the new stuff that you're going to learn from today's episode. And without further ado, let's get back to the show. But I, I want to go back to something that we, we didn't really say beforehand. This all hinges on the other spouse admitting, I don't even want to say admitting, but consenting to having the conversation. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later, about what happens if we're not I'm assuming that we've consenting. created a safe place. I'm assuming we've created, or, or that there's at least a, an, an, an inkling of a safe place that we've at least started to create that process. Yeah. It's, I don't know how you could even begin to have this process if you're talking to a brick wall. And I know some people might be feeling that way, but if there's communication means it's a two way street. Yeah. Right. If you're experiencing a one way road right now, it's not really communication. You're just Mm -hmm. talking at somebody. Mm -hmm. You're not talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. That's not really what we're speaking to right now. Mm -mm. We're speaking with the concept, with the idea, the notion that you are speaking with someone to someone and there's a response. Mm-hmm. Right. So there might be a stubborn response where they're like, yeah, but I don't really see the reason behind it. And that's where these tips could be helpful. We do have suggestions later on for that. Yeah. But for now, I'm assuming that you've created a safe place and there's open communication okay. and you're focusing on shared goals. Okay. All right. Something else you can do when you're sharing those goals is talk to your own personal experience, right? You can share your own experiences and lessons Mm -hmm. learned. Like you talked about touching a hot stove. I mean, you could also talk about your own life lessons that you learned from managing your finances. Like, dude, I'm not perfect. I -hmm. made mistakes too. I messed up. Like, check this out. I did this one time. I was an idiot. But what I learned was this, right? Sharing your own personal anecdotes can be powerful in helping others understand the benefits of changing their own personal financial habits. Right. Exactly. And helping them understand they're not alone, which I think is a a huge thing because that's the thing I think with a lot of finances is that if you've never been given the experience or the example growing up or around you of people who are good with their money um, because they didn't talk about it, maybe you didn't know, but deep down you were like, is this something that only I experience? You would never know unless someone else said it. So like even on the opposite end, the whole time that we were understanding our finances more and, you know, we were teaching, I thought that everyone went through what we went through, that everyone got out of debt or had really good credit and that everyone just kind of understood their money and that I was the one who was, was just behind. And when I finally understood it, I was like, oh, now I'm like everybody else. Everybody understands their money. And then when I got to again, my business, and I started talking to other business owners, that's when my eyes were opened, like ridiculously wide. And I saw the destruction (laughs) that happens in a lot of people's lives. Um, And that's when I recognized, oh, we're an anomaly. We're quite weird um, in in very many ways. So I want to say this, because I feel like a lot of people listening might have this common mistake going through their mind right now. And I want to just talk to this Mm -hmm. before we go any further some of you are listening and we're talking about 
communication with your partner and stubbornness and in your mind, whether you admit it or not, you see yourself as the hero and your partner is like the villain. They're the mm. stubborn one and mm. they're the one that's wrong and they're the one that mm -hmm. needs changed and mm -hmm. I'm the one that's right. Like you're experiencing this like, oh yes, you're right. They're so stubborn. They just don't get it and I just want them to change and like, why are they like, what if I just wish they'd be more like me or I wish they'd be more, mm. like our goal here is not for you to communicate with your spouse and make them more like you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to be more like your spouse. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to completely change who they are at their core. We just want you to communicate. I want you to hear your spouse's perspective. Mm -hmm. I want you to hear what makes them tick, why they do what they do. I want you to receive that information and try to chew on it and understand it mm -hmm. and then tell them your side. And I want you guys to come together and eventually we'll talk about this, but compromise yeah. a little bit of what they do, a little bit of what you do. All right. Our goal here is not to change your spouse, to turn them into you. Yeah. I'm not trying to turn Kim into Dan 2.0. If I wanted to marry myself, I would have done that. <laughs> If that was possible, if I'm it sure was possible, I mean, I do love myself. <laughs> I love me some myself, but I love you. I love you too. And I married Kim for a reason, mm -hmm. and I want to be a part of Kim's world. So I want to hear your perspective and your goals and what you want to accomplish, and I want to chase after them with you. Right. I'm not just trying to turn you into somebody who sits at home all day and plays video games. <laughs> he would love that secretly. Dang, I kind of would. <laughs> But I just, I, I want people to know that. Like, that's not the goal yeah. of this podcast right here. Right. I want you to communicate and I want you guys to have that two-way street. Right. It goes back to our main, like our, our thing, our tagline is to live in love, walk in wealth. You're living together. You're, you're understanding each other's perspective. You're, I always think of a yin and yang. Like, it's okay that you're not carbon copies of each other. We're not expecting you to be it's communication and compromise it's give and take it's it's marriage like literally we do this in so many other different areas of our, of our life and parenting and you know purchasing a home and buying a car and the, how we decorate like it, there's compromise everywhere why wouldn't it happen here as well so um so yeah we're not trying to ask you to make a carbon copy of yourself that was a good that was good, babe. Thank you. So we've given you a few suggestions so far, mm -hmm. right? Have open communication, listen actively, talk about shared goals. Mm -hmm. Our next suggestion is to provide information and resources. So it might be that you know your partner best, okay? It might be that if you present information and resources to your partner, they might be like, no, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -mm, no. Yeah. Or it might be that you know your partner and they don't see you as an authority mm -hmm. in a budgeting space. So maybe they would be more receptive to it and be like, you know what? I probably wouldn't listen to what you have to say about money because I've seen the way you use your money. But you say that this person, this man, this woman is a financial guru. They have this book. They have this class, this course, this whatever. Yes, let's check. I'll check that out. I'm not going to check out your mm -hmm. philosophies on money. Yes. Because I've seen what that's done for you. Right which you know is hurtful, but you have to know your partner. <laughs> yeah. So providing information and resources, offer educational materials, books, articles, reputable, reputable websites that provide information on personal finance, budgeting, saving, presenting them with those sources or information could help 
them consider their perspectives and maybe open their eyes to different ways Mm -hmm. of managing their finances. Right. And you have to think again, what types of things are they already interested in? Right. Um, So, I mean, I, I was talking to a person who really loves fixing things. So giving them a resource um, that is along the same lines of like fixing things mechanically, but also has to do with wealth building might be something that, oh yeah, I'm more attuned to thinking about that because it has interests that I enjoy. You can you can connect wealth building to pretty much anything. So if you can find some type of resource that gives them the understanding of what's happening in finances while also helping them understand more about the craft that they enjoy or the things they're passionate about, you're more likely to get their, their feedback on something that's exciting. Right, I know that it. you've had clients that are you know, their spouses are more excited about like the investing portion than the mm-hmm. budget. So maybe like find a resource that is all about budgeting and investing. Why they right? are important together. Or maybe it's <laughs> budgeting and real estate or budgeting and passive income or, but you know, like whatever it is, their end goal, like what they'd like to get to budgeting to vacation. I don't know, like whatever it is that gets them excited and motivated, like find a resource that kind of aligns with their perspective, with their point of view. Yeah. Because then they're getting a little bit of that financial discipline and they're getting a little bit of what they like. Right, right, exactly. And that's a one way to like keep them on the same track and keep them motivated, especially if you're like, or keep them disciplined um, as you're going on your your journey. The first um, word you used was better. <laughs> like motivated. You're able, to, as you're able to go through the journey, you're able to give them some resources and you yourself to keep yourself focused. And like, this is what we want to be able to do. So that's a good, that's a good tip too. I love all sorts of resources. My favorite is reading different types of books. We actually had a listener who said that she would love to have a resource of all the books that we've read and coming to an Instagram post (laughs) near you. I can put that out there. Yes. So, um, yeah. So keep looking out for that because we've read a lot of different resources that have spoken to us in so many different ways that we're able to use some of this information to guide and drive some of our next goals that we have in our future. I mean, even I just think about the resources that we've read and we'll talk about it on Instagram and other podcasts, but we're stubborn about our goals, but we change our methods all the time. All the time. And I don't mean that in a way where it's like we change so much that it's not useful, but we're always trying to find what works best. And if something doesn't work, obviously we're not going to do it, but we're, we're not so stuck in our ways that we're like, nope, we don't, we only use the cash envelope system or nope. Right. We only do budget naps or nope. We don't like we've done it all. We have continued to shift and change what all. makes sense for what we want it to look like. If I'm like, oh no, you know what? I really don't like the cash envelopes. Like I'm starting to get really annoyed with how much cash is everywhere. I constantly find $20 bills everywhere and I don't know where they're for. Can we make some shifts? I think we have way too much money, you know, in these envelopes. Can we make them less or can we do something else with them? Like we're constantly refining what makes sense. And that's what it's supposed to look like because you're constantly evolving. Therefore, the way that you're conversing about money should evolve as well. So you got to know your spouse. You have to communicate with your spouse to know your spouse. And if you think that providing professional resources and information would be helpful for them, then do it. Then do it. 
do it, do it, do it. Right. Listening to those podcasts could be a resource that allows you to have these better, more, more robust conversations with finances. And I'll tell you what, you could find an article on anybody talking about money. Mm-hmm. You know, you could find their favorite athlete. You could find their favorite celebrity. I'm sure there's an article or some quote out there where they talked about how they got to where they are mm-hmm. and how they worked hard to get to where they are. And just be like, hey, babe, check out this article from your favorite person. You mm-hmm. know, look look at what they did. This is so crazy. I didn't know this about them in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you know, maybe use that as a talking point. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, I just saw... Everyone a, has a story. I just saw that um, article with Gabrielle Union talking about how um, with the... She's not getting as many acting jobs with the change in Hollywood at the moment with a lot of things going to social media and all that stuff. And so she was just talking about how she has money anxiety. With the millions of dollars she makes, she has money anxiety. Why? Because her and her hubs split everything 50-50. And if she's not making as much, she's worried she's not going to be able to pay her part of the bill. And she's a multi-millionaire. I just feel like that, if that doesn't like share with you that money management is something that's so valuable and it's not the money, it's your mindset, it's how you're managing it, it's how you're saving that if that doesn't share it with you so i've shared that with a lot of people especially who have that argument but like there's so many different things out there of people who have shown how they've been able to get wealthy um you know different perspectives mindsets all that stuff to help you recognize one you're not alone two you're not the only person who's ever gone through this therefore if they got out you can get out too um and and i don't know any type of outcome you want to see you can find a, a piece of article on it i agree that's it our next suggestion, and I feel like you say this a lot to your clients, mm-hmm. but our next suggestion is lead by example. Yeah. It's really sometimes super depressing to hear some of my clients talk about how they can't or how their spouse will not come to the table, that it's just not something that they want to be able to to do. And it it creates a space of animosity and tension um and the person who i'm working with is doing all that she can to do the very best that she can to get them from point a to point b and just like we talk about that oxen at the or in one of our earlier episodes it's literally like pulling and dragging not just her but or you know not just trying her her family but also her husband and also the other dreams and goals they have and it feels like it's all on her shoulders because the spouse is not willing to come to the table at all. And it can be so heartbreaking to hear that. So in those moments, you got to lead by example. You you got to lead by example. So I remember the first time I was reading through Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, I read this passage and I was like, man, like maybe this would be good for Kim because I feel like you deal with this a lot. But we also mm-hmm. see, I mean, there's so many married couples that we know where it's just like, one partner is stubborn about one thing and the other partner is stubborn about another. And that's important too. It's not just like there's just one stubborn person. Like oh, yeah. everyone's got their own stubbornness with their own things oh, that they're you know, unwilling to change about themselves. But I remember reading this and I'm going to read it to you guys. It says, you know, they were talking to Harv Ecker and they were saying, you know, what do I do if I'm positive and I want to grow, but my spouse is the downer? 
you know, do I leave them? Do I try to get them to change? Like what, what, what if the people I'm closest to aren't into personal growth or even put me down for it? And Harv responds, look, first, first of all, don't even bother trying to get negative people to change or come to, he was talking about his course, right? That's not your job. Your job is to use what you've learned to better yourself and your life. Be the model, be successful, be happy, and then maybe, and he stresses, maybe they'll see the light in you and want some of it, right? Again, energy is contagious, he says. Darkness dissipates in light. People actually have to work hard Mm -hmm. to stay in the dark when the light is all around them. So your job is simply to be the best you can be. Mm -hmm. Lead by example. And this can be really difficult because for some clients, it could be, for some people listening, it could be that you say, okay, well, I'm just going to work with my income and I'm going to do the best with my income. I don't want it to be that way, but you're not wanting to be a team player, right? Or it could be that you're like, let me handle it. This is not how I want it to be. I want you to come to the table. I will give you every opportunity to come to the table, but you have to then, I mean, I don't like putting rules on you, so to speak, but I want us to be successful. And again, I'm going to get put my hand out consistently to bring you to the table to talk about it. And I'm trying my best, but you have to, you have to see the light for yourself. But again, you cannot create or make or force change out of another person. It's not possible. And it's again, heartbreaking because unfortunately I've seen a lot of those types of situations turn into, we're not together anymore because we just couldn't get it down. Like we could not communicate about this and it bled into every other part of our lives. And it's, it's like a virus. And I hate that. I hate those stories. I hate right? those That's stories. The, I just, the goal for me in this podcast really is just to bring wisdom and clarity to people and, and help them see that wherever they're at in their relationship, in their marriage, right? Like there's, there's hope. There's hope, right? There's a light. And we give these suggestions and these ideas because we want to provide hope mm-hmm. to marriages that are quite literally feeling hopeless Mm -hmm. and at the end of their rope. So I'm just trying to do my part. But you might have to take initiative and create a budget for yourself. Right. You might have to show your spouse, show your husband, your wife, the benefits of practicing good financial habits, right? Mm -hmm. Show them the positive outcomes. Show them how it reduces stress in Mm -hmm. your life. Show them how it's building your savings. Show them your improved financial security. You have to lead by example. Yeah. And it's even more heartbreaking sometimes when I see that one spouse is doing super well with their finances and the other spouse maybe isn't doing as great if they chosen to be separate with their finances. But then there's this, then there's this huge divide because now there's trust that has been broken. And now one spouse is like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to do it but I'm even scared to talk to my spouse about how to manage my money. Like there's such a tension and an awkwardness. It's as if you're talking to a stranger to be like, 
So I feel really like I don't know how to manage it and I want to do better. Can you help me? And then there's a level of pride sometimes with the other person to be like, no, I made this happen for me. You make it happen for you. And it's like, there are so many of those situations where I'm like, this is not how you build a strong, long lasting, successful, wealthy marriage. That is not living in love and walking in wealth. You have like, oh my goodness. So there's a lot of, like, I, I love the idea of leading by example. And I hope, like our hope for that is that you lead by example and it's just, and then they come alongside and you're able to flourish. My hope is that even if you have to do the separate route for a little bit, that you still remain connected to that other person to say, listen, I want you at the table. I want you here with me. I want you here talking. This is not just for me. This is for us. Like I'm, I'm hoping that that's the thing that you'll continue to do instead of just blocking them off completely because you are frustrated. Right. I, I don't picture leading by example as the same as like cutting someone off and being independent. Yeah. Right. If you're leading and you look back and no one's following you, then you're you're not just alone. (laughs) You're not. Yeah. You're just alone. You're not really leading. Right. Right. So lead by example you know, I don't envision that as cutting someone off. I feel like you are bringing them a part of the, and hey babe, look like, check our savings out, babe. Like, yeah, wow, like, like this get is excited exciting. about it. Yeah. Bring like, them a part of the process. Bring them yeah, in. Yeah. Share the light part with them. Share the excitement because then if there's more wins and positivity with the finances, there's more likelihood that the person will say, okay, hold on, hold on, hold Wait, how all, how is all of this happening? <laughs> I need you to talk to me about this, right? So um, maybe that's another podcast we do about like how to bring light into a dark room when it comes to finances. I don't know. Like there's, there's, there's so much there that's so that we, that that's interesting to work through. Right. I agree. Hey, this is Kim Graham from the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far. But if you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I knew more about what's going on in Kim and Dan's world. I want to ask some specific questions and be able to get extra resources. Well, you might want to think about joining the Graham fam. Now, I know I love exclusive content and I love having more of Kim in my life. And if that's something you're interested in, you can be a subscriber and you can get exclusive episodes that no one else is going to hear that's going to help you build generational wealth and have more authentic two-way communication. Links are down in the show description. You'll be able to click and see more information about GramFam, and we hope to see you behind the scenes. Have a great one, and let's get back to the show. So all of these are recommendations or suggestions, things that could help. If we're assuming that you have this open communication and you've established this safe place and you've Mm -hmm. shared your goals, another suggestion that we have for you is collaborating on a compromise, Mm -hmm. right? It's not just you trying to get your spouse to come to the light side, to come to the dark side, to come to whatever side. side. There is no, there is no sides. (laughs) I was thinking Star Wars there. I know, I know. There are no sides. It's just, you're both in that shade of gray. You're there together, all right? All 50 shades of it. All 50 shades. (laughs) And you need to come to a compromise, right? I love that you talked about like, imposing a strict budget on your partner, right? It's not like that. 
No. You're both adults. You're both mm-hmm. grown people. You didn't marry a child, even though they might act like a child and spend like a child. You married a grown woman or a grown man. You need to, instead of imposing a strict budget, try to find a compromise that works for both of you, mm-hmm. not a compromise that only benefits you and your desire to go on vacation or your desire to go golfing or your desire to buy clothes or buy a car, right? Not just a compromise that benefits you, both of you, mm-hmm. right? It could involve setting spending limits, mm-hmm. allocating specific amounts for discretionary expenses, agreeing on regular check-ins to review and adjust the budget together. Whatever it is, come together, collaborate, talk together, communicate, and come up with a compromise that works for both parties Mm -hmm. in all 50 shades. And it doesn't mean that you can't ever refine, right? Because we said regular check-ins or whatever. But it doesn't mean you can't ever refine. Because if you're able to meet and compromise on something that's very broad with your finances... Um, then as new things arise and as you kind of have more conversations, you can say, well, what if we try? What if we do? What if we, then you start to refine and you're starting to converse about what makes sense for your, for, for you both. Um, and so that might be a, a good way to, to start the process for you. We've done this all year long, actually, like with our goals, we've had compromise. We've compromised the timeline mm-hmm. multiple times. We've compromised, we've, we've multiple times. We've compromised on the order, mm-hmm. right? We had to decide, you know what, in order of priority, what makes sense? Not everyone probably would have put the minivan. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this several before times. Before the rental. Mm-hmm. In terms of, well, the rental's gonna bring in passive income. And if right. you do that first, you're making money and then you can use that money to do other things, right? Yep. Some people wouldn't have put the vacation last. Then be like, shoot, I need that first. Yep. I'm honest. You need to show me that end result, <laughs> that end goal. Let me feel that. And mm-hmm. when it feels good, I'll be like, I want more of this. Mm-hmm. So I will work to get more of that vacation, right? Everyone yep, yep, has yep. different priorities. And we did too. And we had to talk and collaborate and compromise and say, okay, what are, we did this on the way home from South Carolina. We did. I was like, babe, put those in order for me. What number one through five of these goals, like which one is the highest priority to you? Mm-hmm. Which one was it? Was it the vacation? I think for me it was vacation. And for but me honestly, it was honestly, that's income. the carrot dangling in front of my face. <laughs> that's why so we put it in December. That's why I put it in December. Because I'm excited because when I get in December and I walk onto that vessel, which I'm not going to say, cause I don't know if my girls are still awake. They better be asleep. They better be. It's I 10 hope it's 10 o'clock. But when I walk on there, I, this, it's going to be a moment of hallelujah. We did it. We did all the things like, give me a drink. I will toast. What a great way to, to right? end the year like, too. I want to completely unwind and not think about Jack squat. Right. Because we have had, an insane year of ups, downs, excitements, you know, like check boxes, all that stuff, right? So like, to me, that's the carrot dangling in front of me. That's how I'm motivated. You like that? I love that. To stay disciplined. The uh, song that I had playing in my head while you were saying that was like R. Kelly, the world's greatest. Yeah. 
I'm not stopping the sky. That's yeah, just me. having my That's moment. Me. Like I'm on Rolling the pool and I'm on, sitting yep. there. Just the world's greatest. Yes, hundred percent. Hey, I made it. Mm. I'm the world's greatest. Literally, like that's that is. I don't want that theme song. I, I don't know what theme song it's gonna be. That's just but what's I'm just going saying, through my head. I'm just saying, like that's that's the carrot dangling in front of my face. You might not care. But that's about collaboration, that. right? We talk. The point is, we collaborated. We talked. Yeah. We put those things in order of priority for each of us. We listened to each other, and we put it to a timeline. And even that can be compromised, right? Oh yeah, always. Because, like you said, we decided to pull the trigger on the minivan in June, but we very easily could have said, "You know what? We can wait till November." We very we can wait easily could have done that. We very easily could have said. Like right now, I'm not in any rush. No, I shouldn't say that. I the am rental. in a rush. I do want to get in the rental. I do want to get into another space. Absolutely. But I'm not in a rush that I'm going to compromise time with my family this summer to, to be like, I, you know what I mean? Because like here's you, the truth. And you, you, do that. you put me on this expression, this saying, this quote. The truth is there's no one what? There's no one chasing you. There's no one chasing us. Why? What's... What's wrong with the space other than that we think, you know, this two bed, two bath is it's it's a little tight, but it's a little tight. There's no one chasing us. There's no one chasing us. There's no one saying you have to be out by this date. Mm-mm. You have to buy this van by this date. Mm-mm. You have to do this by then. There's no one chasing us. Nope. We no can do one things whenever is we want. Chasing us. If we want to push all the rest of these goals off to twenty twenty four. We could do that. Do we want to? No. no. But we could. We've done it before. We could do it again. Like it's not going to be the end of the world if we did that. In fact, this is a safe place. We love our area. Mortgage is like very, very, very close to being done if we wanted it to be done. Like what's not to love? Like it's a great space to be here, right? Our friends love our place. Like if there's nothing wrong with our space. and Close to work, close to family. It's a beautiful, a beautiful space to be to know that nobody is pushing you to get to the next place. The only person who is saying, hey, you should do this is you. Like, it's just you versus you. That's it. And that's kind of how I love it to be for any of our goals coming up. We we choose to work as hard as we want to work. And that's what happens when you don't have bills or debt or anything else chasing you. I love it. We kind of got a little off. I think I want to talk about this last part. You say off, but I don't think it's ever off. I say, <laughs> I think, I think it just goes off a little bit because we just kind of like get passionate about a, situ- a situation. Okay, so this last part is I kind of feel like you should you should have swapped the last one because this one is really one I want to like key in. But whatever, we've talked about this several times. Therapy is a beautiful thing, and when it comes to marriages when it comes to communication, when it comes to understanding finances, seeking professional help might be the route. Um, I am thinking of several couples that I have worked with, again, working with the the female uh, of the marriage and then having the spouse come in. And the spouse has some serious tendencies where they don't want to be on screen. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk about money. They don't want to do anything with it. And they say, yeah, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. That type of attitude. But then when there is a, a routine or something that is brought to the table, there's a lot of, I don't want to, you're imposing, you're, I don't want to do this. And there's a lot of blowups, right? This is from several clients. Okay. 
And the thing that the, the kind of determine the relationship, if you want to call it the DTR, the real life thing that I hate really having talked to these spouses about is like, this might be farther, this might be over and above money. This has nothing to do with money. It has to do with control and it has to do with how much control they have because the, the idea that I want to be able to do whatever I want with my money and why is it that we don't have an, any money in the savings account are two very polar opposite views. <laughs> and it seems that that person does not see that they are both quite related and that if you stop spending as much as you do, you would have more money in the bank account. But when that's not connecting and the only person that they can blame is the person who's attempting to make shifts and create a budget and handle money, money, money management and they only blame you, financial abuse is a real thing, okay? If that person is trying to move money to other accounts, force you to stay home, tell you you're not doing anything with the money, it's your fault we're in this predicament, we don't need any other support, you just need to stop spending. When you seem to be the butt of all the jokes and of all the issues that are happening with your finances and they're not willing to look within, I need you to understand that it has nothing to do with you at that point. You are you are now just a, a basically a punching bag, like psychologically, and you need to understand and release that that has nothing to do with you. There is something going on within that person that they need to go seek professional help to decipher through. Something with their background, something with the way that they were brought up, something in their own experiences with finances that has brought them to this point that they have no room and have no drive to compromise or talk about it with you. And I just think for anyone who's listening out there, if that is the situation you're in and you're feeling like I am trying everything I possibly can and I am literally talking to a brick wall, it is time to consider professional help for yourself to get yourself prepped and like, okay, and then I need to figure out how to lead. How do I get stronger in leading myself if my spouse is not willing to come to come to the to table? I was going to say come to the altar. But also, it might be an opportunity for you both to either go to marriage counseling to talk about communication or for that person to go to to, to therapy to work out whatever issues they have. This is a conversation I hate having with clients because it is so heartbreaking that between our relationship, we have done everything that we can to help bring spouse on board and to help the spouse I'm working with do the best she can with whatever the finances are. And there's still this brick wall with communication. And that would be probably more often than not the step that needs to be taken. I feel like society views therapy and counseling as like this last resort or like this is the final straw and if mm -hmm. we try this and it doesn't work then there's no help like if there's if they can't help us nobody can like mm -hmm. I, I feel like it's viewed that way and i don't think therapy should be or counseling should be the last resort mm -mm. i think it's just something you know when you experience a problem it's like oh we should go talk to somebody about this. Yeah. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's an advisor. Maybe it's a therapist. Maybe it's a counselor. But when mm -hmm. when issues arise in your marriage, in your finances, 
Go talk to somebody. You gotta fight. Don't not like fight Jim with each Pam. other. I don't, I don't. Yes. I want to go home and fight. I want to go home and fight. But I just like I want to work it out. My point is, don't wait until the house is basically burning down to call the fire department. Mm-hmm. Right when you start to smell smoke. smoke, give a call. Right. So. Don't view it as a last resort. If you feel like you need to seek professional help, you smell the smoke, then go call someone. Why not? Why, Why not, not ask for a little bit of help? We're definitely here for it. Yep. We're all about it. We've done it. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the difference. I also want to say be supportive for your partner, right? Offer support. Let them know that you're here with them going through this process of change with financial management and budgeting, you're going to change too. Mm-hmm. It's not just me trying to change you. Like we're trying to change ourselves. So offer assistance, like, Hey, I'll sit down with you. I will struggle with you with this budget. I'll struggle with you exploring, exploring money management tools and budgeting apps and all the different systems. Like mm-hmm. I will sit down with you and find financial advisors, speak with them, talk with them, make informed decisions like we will do this together hand in hand we're going to go through this together offer that support Mm -hmm. right it's not me versus you or you versus me we're a team it's us against the world against the world no but like you're a team and that's exactly what you would see on the field if you're watching football right i got your back you got mine but with any safe space you got to set boundaries and say you know what when things start to get elevated and you feel mm-hmm. that tension rise, have a stopping point. Just be like, you know what? Let's take a today. break. It's not happening today. Let's take a break for a second. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Nobody's chasing you. It's very true, right? Nobody's chasing you. You have time to figure out um, what you want to be able to do next, what you want to be able to um, resolve. So, have that respect for each other and recognize that you, you are both in this, in this together. You're a team. One last suggestion before we wrap this up and bring this home is automation. Uh, sometimes it can be helpful to automate your finances when mm-hmm. possible. If you have someone who's reluctant to engage in the budgeting, you know, explore automation options, set up automatic transfers to savings accounts, bill payments, other financial obligations that can help you establish those good financial habits without requiring that active involvement in the day-to-day budgeting tasks. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good one. That's a, it's more common nowadays, but you know, before you'd have to send in checks to pay your bills or you'd have to like go in and actually make those bill payments for your phone and for utilities and for all those things. But if you set up those automatic transfers, then it's you one less thing that you have to worry about. Yes. And a lot of people... It reduces stress. It does reduce stress, especially if you have one account that's specifically for bill payments and it's all automatic and you know what's going out of there, then you can do a reverse budget um, and focus on just making sure those bills get paid and then the rest is just yours to spend, save and do whatever you'd like. So there's a lot of different options for you out there. Um Make sure that you go back to some of our previous episodes to talk more about the specifics and join Graham Fam if you'd like to be able to get like a deep dive as to how we do certain things. And feel free to ask us questions on the Affluent Marriage Pod um, on Instagram, DM us, message us. Um, I guess that's what DM means. Also comment on any of our other things and we'll we'll definitely get back to you because we want to make sure that 
you have everything you need. Remember, Daniel's giving me a cue. <laughs> it's important to approach the topic with patience, understanding, and empathy. Be willing to listen to your spouse's concerns and perspectives. It may take time for your spouse to come around, so try to maintain a supportive and collaborative approach throughout the process. Uh, changing deeply ingrained behaviors takes time, patience, and therapy. Um, be respectful of their autonomy and readiness for change. It's ultimately up to them to make the decision to shift their mindset and to approach the finances. So you keep leading by example um, and just keep keep pushing forward. Uh, one more quote before we wrap this up. Uh, Harv Ecker said when he offers, because he teaches a financial course, mm -hmm. he's a motivational speaker and he has a financial course. When I offer my course to people, I find it interesting that it's usually the people who are the most broke oh. who say, I don't mm. need this course. Yep. Yep. I don't, I don't have the time. I don't, mm, I don't have the money. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, mm -hmm. it's the millionaires and the multimillionaires who all register and say, man, if I just learn mm -hmm. one more new thing or make this one improvement, man, this course will be worth it. A hundred percent. Right. Stubborn people have that broke mindset. Mm -hmm. If you're open to change, you have that growth rich mindset, mm -hmm. right? Do you have an affluent way of thinking or you have a stubborn way of thinking? That tells you real quick if you're going to be wealthy or if you're going to be broke. All right. So even like, if you're making more money, you can feel broke. Hey, like I said earlier, our affluent archive for today is be stubborn about winning. Mm -hmm. Be flexible with how you win. Mm hmm. Be willing really like to adapt one. and to change your methods to win. Mm -hmm. Don't just stick with the same old thing if it ain't working. Yep. But be stubborn about your goals. Mm -hmm. Don't waver from that. Yes. Keep it going. Don't forget. We've been there too. We are literally living through it. So if you are taking anything from this and you're like, why are they talking about all these things? Does it even work? Is it even something that they uh, truly believe in? Yes. Because we're literally living right now the idea of being stubborn about winning with our goals but being flexible in how we get there and we literally are showing you in real time how we have been flexible about every single decision and method and and how we're getting to our desired goal and you can do the same trust the process give me a call to action babe call to action you're good at this y'all guys We've talked a lot about stubborn behaviors and it's kind of been a heavier episode. Third degree stubborn. Third degree stubborn. It's still not hitting, but it's okay. Um, I want you to find a win, something that you are proud of, that you and your spouse or partner have been able to accomplish. And I want you to bring that up in conversation and just relish, like have a moment where you're just talking about how awesome it was to win at that particular goal. And then use that as a talking point, like use that as a, as a, a diving point point, I guess. That's what I keep thinking of, like a jumping off point. That's the word I'm thinking of to talk more about what other things do we want to win at? Like, what are the other things we want to be able to succeed at and pursue in our future and use that as your common ground and just start the conversation. We're not trying to, we're not trying to build Rome in a day. We're just trying to start the conversation. 
Well, guys, we hope that you guys learned at least one thing from this conversation today and you got some SPF sunscreen, you know, oh my gosh, to protect yourself really from these third degree stubborns. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's open communication. Maybe it's active listening. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's therapy. Mm. But Bring one of these things might be your SPF. <laughs> Hey, I think I did it. I think that's a laugh right there. Wow. Third degree stubborn, man. It's a thing. That was, that was, you tried. Thank you. That's all I can do. You tried. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. This is the Affluent Marriage Podcast. This is my wife, the financial coach, who's going to change her title one day, Kimberly Graham. Yeah. And I am at current, the educator, Mm -hmm. Dan Graham and host of the Affluent Marriage. Who's on summer break? Hey, yo, just started today. So guys, go live in love, walk in wealth. Take care, y'all. See you guys later.